Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress.
If you are a true believer and you believe that God can do what he said he will do, then our attitudes and behavior ought to reflect our faith in God. I said our attitudes, our presence, our tone. And if you read the data right now, Reverend Bill, most pastors are leaving the ministry because it's gotten too hard. People can tell you quickly what the CDC regulations are, but the church is sanitized by Malik every time we use it. So I wasn't gonna say this, but the Holy Spirit said, it's all right, tell the people the truth. We go to restaurants, shopping malls, we go on picnics, we go to video games, we go to golf courses, we go to movies, and we don't know if the place has been sanitized or not. But in the Lord's house, I have people telling me they can't come to worship because they don't know if it's safe or not. And then I ask them, where else did you go this week? Where, where did you go this week where, where God hadn't sanitized everything? Where, what, do you walk into your favorite restaurant and say, has this been sanitized in the name of Jesus? So it's time for us to get over ourselves. God doesn't need us. We need God. And if we can't come to worship and show faith as the people of God, then how are we supposed to tell a dying world that on the solid rock I stand? you gonna witness to the world and say that God is alive and well and you don't believe it yourself <laughs> how are you gonna be an evangelist Bridget when you can't even show up to evangelize oh, I mean come on now so thank you Lord for letting me say that we need a wake-up call I'm tired of hearing about CDC I want to hear about Jesus Christ and I want to know what the Lord can do. God is still raising the dead. God is still saving lives. God is still God. A God of grace. A God of mercy. And it's time for us to get our attitudes in check. Because if you don't worship God, I'm going to worship God. And my worship is not dependent on you. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. We don't pray anymore. We don't have time to pray. I'm not going to say I call your name. I call the deacons. I said, show, give me the names of everybody who hasn't shown up. You won't believe the list. Some of you right in here are on the list. You don't show up for prayer. You don't show up for Bible study. You don't show up for worship. You know where your destiny is? Can you imagine? No time for prayer. No time for the word, no time for worship. You are headed down a dead-end street where there is no outlet. 
And so the Lord said to me, don't get up there and be phony. Tell the truth. The people are in trouble. <laughs> they think they're fooling God. But our God is faithful. And I thank God that God doesn't treat us the way we treat God. I thank God that God doesn't give us the sentence we deserve. But in the midst of everything, he sent his only and begotten son so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So right now, dear God, we repent in the name of Jesus. And we declare, dear God, that we need to be healed. Our hearts are not in the right place. We speak a language that is not yours, oh God. And it's time for us to wake up, oh God and get on our jobs and realize that you are the only solid rock that we have. We bless your name for worship. We bind up the enemy of deceit, and we ask, oh God, that the enemy will have no power in this house. I ask right now, dear God, that you sanitize every heart, sanitize every mind, bless every marriage, bless every family, bless every relationship, heal bodies, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And on this day, let your people know that you are still God. And when you do all of these things, oh Lord, I will forever and ever and ever and ever and ever give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory because you are my God. And you are the God of Pleasant Grove Church. It is in the mighty and precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. 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 In Habakkuk, the first chapter, and verse number two, the prophet raised a question. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Hmm. Habakkuk raises a pertinent question, and he asks God, how long must I call for help? You ever ask God, how long? How long do I have to pray for your people, God, and they don't listen? How long? Oh, God, do I have to keep saying the same thing over and over and over again? How long, oh, God, will we live in a world of violence? How long will we experience poverty? How long will we struggle with racism and classism and sexism? How long, oh, God, will we ignore your commandments? How long will we rob God of the tithes that he gives us? and sacrificial offerings? How long will we exist in the flesh? How long will we refuse to study God's word? How long will we ignore the least of these among us because we're so busy taking care of ourselves? How long will we refuse to make prayer and time with God a priority in our lives? How long will we ignore our commitment as a disciple of Jesus Christ? How long will we make excuses for our ungodly behavior? How long will we ignore worship and God's commandments? How long will we yield to convenience and ignore the commandments of God? Now, even the church 
has become a place of convenience. If I have the time and if I have the energy, how long will we embrace hypocrisy? How long will we remain unfaithful? How long will we justify our sinful behavior? How long will we walk around in a daze looking like the world? In Paracelsus, Robert Browning says, if I stoop into a dark, tremendous sea of cloud, it is but for a time. I press God's lamp close to my breast. Its splendor, soon or late, will pierce the gloom, and I shall emerge one day. The book of Habakkuk stands in the eighth position among the 12 in the Masoretic Greek text. It follows Nahum and precedes Zephaniah. It is generally acknowledged that these prophets were common uh, temporaries and shared a common conviction that Yahweh was sovereign in the affairs of men and would judge the wicked and deliver the righteous. And I know that all of us in this uh, sanctuary this morning have had a moment in your life when you ask God, how long do you keep blessing evil people? How long, Lord, are you going to keep blessing people who don't give anything to your kingdom, don't do any work, don't show up, but they keep on looking like they have a prosperity life? How long? You might not say it out loud, but you ask yourself, how long? How long, Yahweh, shall I cry and you will not hear me? How long? You ever had a dear God moment? A dear God letter? Dear God, why is she getting her hair done every week? I can't get mine done once a year. Dear God, why is it that the faithful few that you have given me keep showing up over and over again, but the other 90% never shows up at all. Habakkuk was frustrated. He was frustrated because he believed that God was allowing the wicked to get away. But I'm here to tell you today that all of us, according to God's word, will answer for the things that we do in this body that all of us will give an account unto Almighty God. Aren't you glad you don't have to answer for me and I will not answer for you? But God is going to give all of us the opportunity to answer for ourselves. So I cry to you violence that you do not save. And why do you cause me to see iniquity and cause me to look upon the trouble? I had a question like that myself this week. I said, Lord, why is it that you want me to give a thousand percent to some people who give zero? Why is it, Lord, that you want me to give everything and be overzealous about you when there are people who don't know if I'm living or dead? Why, God, are you asking me? Because God answered and said, because I saved you. I raised you up. I am almighty God, and my assignment is not to just love you, but to be faithful to almighty God. And that's one of the things that my pastor taught me that I will never forget. He said, Classroom, God has called you to be faithful. Regardless of the circumstances, be faithful. Regardless of what you see, be faithful to God. The wicked will not win in the end. The wicked will not be victorious because God's word says so. 
Habakkuk lived during a time of national calamity. It's like our COVID experience. Everything we don't want to do now has a COVID relation. COVID has really shown us our true colors. And what really concerns me is some of us who are supposed to be anchored in the Lord are allowing COVID to dictate our lives. And now we're using COVID as the excuse of the things that we don't want to do because it's not safe. But unless it's something that I really want to do or someplace I really want to go, all of a sudden, Ruth, it's okay. And I can't worry about COVID. It's like the Delta variant. I, I, I can't control that. I can't control the virus, but I can control my worship to Almighty God. I can control my prayer time. I can control my study time. I can sing a song in my heart and say, thank you, God, for saving me. I wish I had a church that loved the Lord the way I do. I wish I had a people who could realize that God is bigger than COVID. I wish I had a people who could still rejoice in the Lord. And every now and then, God has to let things happen to us to shake us up. I'll say it again. Sometimes things need, foreclosure needs to happen so that you will realize that God is God. Sometimes you need to be unemployed for just a little bit so that you'll know that you're not all of that in a bag of chips. Every now and then, somebody needs to walk away from you so that you realize, I don't have to live like this. I don't have to let you abuse me. I have a God. Every now and then, your family ought to stop talking to you, and then you would act better. Every now and then your car to quit so you can realize, I don't care what year it is or what model it is, is that it's a blessing. But every now and then it ought to stop somewhere so that you realize that God gave you that blessing. Oh, boy, I feel like preaching today. I tell you the truth. The nation was dying. How many parents in here with children? Parents with children. Your children, you're accountable. That's an ugly word in the church. We love titles, but we don't want to be accountable. We love titles, but we don't want the pastor to ask us why we don't ever show up. We love titles, and parents, what I'm saying to you is that God is giving us an assignment that we have to do according to God's standards. And our young people have to get to know God or they will not survive in this world because the world is taking them down fast. And what I'm saying is, parents, we got to stand up for what's right and say what thus saith the Lord. And as parents, we have to stand up and say, I don't care how much you earn and where you live, but you have to know Jesus because the bottom line is that life is going to put you on your back one day, and you will know Jesus all by for yourself. Habakkuk uttered questions that are not unfamiliar to us. He wanted to know why the wicked. He wanted to know, I know people who don't preach the gospel. They preach feel-good theology, and they have mega churches. But I'm preaching the unadulterated gospel of God, and eight people show up. Because why? Because people don't want to know the gospel. They, they don't want to know the truth. They, they want to feel good. And they don't want you to talk about the judgment of God. They only want you to talk about the glory of God. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. 
I don't care if it's a mega church or whatever it is. If it's a lie, it's a lie. You can't sugarcoat God's word. And what God was saying to the prophet Habakkuk, you don't have to worry about that. I'll take care of it in due season. Anybody ever been around anybody you want to take out all by yourself? You just want to take out all, you just want to go back to what you used to be raggedy and what you used to say. And then the Holy Spirit say, I got you. Don't go there. And Habakkuk was saying that I'm sick of these nations that don't love you. And I'm sick of these people who don't love you. I'm sick of looking at the people with the brand new cars who don't give a tithe to the church. I'm sick of looking at people who only worry about themselves. And you keep blessing them over and over and over again. And God responds to him. He said, that's not your job. That's not your position. I told you to go love my people. I didn't say you had the right to judge my people. You got to love my people. And I will deal with them in due season. In due season. Has your season come? The Israelites were, oh, don't you love them, the Israelites. They were disobedient. They, they specialized in disobedience. I have some Israelites, too. And the more you try, the more they complain. Some people have already decided, I'm not going to the 828 fellowship on the church grounds because it's not safe out there in God's fresh air. I'm not going to the fellowship on the church grounds because they haven't sanitized the pavements. I'm not going to the fellowship on the church grounds because I don't want to bring my own food. I'm not going because I am not supporting that. But according to the word of God, we are one in Christ Jesus and according to God's word it is our responsibility to love one another it is our responsibility to come together and encourage one another it is our responsibility to look out for one another it is our responsibility to be the light in somebody's life it is our responsibility to reach out and tell someone who does not feel the love of God that the Lord loves you and I do too I wish I had a witness that it's not only our responsibility it is our obligation as believers, it's time for the church to get right. And once the church gets right, the world will look right. But if you are the only example that people see of Jesus, what do they walk away with? If you are the only example that people get to see of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, what do they walk away with? But then I love what God says to Habakkuk in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. He said, I got you. The righteous live by faith, not by what you see. What I see in here is not what God has done for Pleasant Grove. What I see in here is not what God is saying. God is saying, I have a new assignment for this church. And I'm going to send the right people at the right time with the right skill, the right attitude, and the right time to do my work. Don't judge them. You just love them into submission. You just love them and let them know that I am still God. Do you remember the moment when you had a dear God letter and God answered you and said, well, thank you very much. I know all of this, but I am God. And I am going to respond. 
and I am going to be glorified in the end. And what Habakkuk also teaches us is that it's okay to ask God a question every now and then. But some of us want to be theologians. We want God to explain everything. Why does the moon hang like where it does? The sun and the sky. We have these great theological answers. And we don't really know ourselves. But the prophet said that the righteous live by faith. The righteous, I said, live by faith. The righteous, I said, live by faith. The righteous, I said, live not by what we see, but by faith in God. Are you here because you saw it? Or are you here because of your faith? Or are you here because God delivered you? And then in the third chapter, this is one of my favorite prophets. Because Habakkuk tells it just like it is. And then in the third chapter, if you turn that CNN off and TikTok and Hebok and all of that and go read the Bible. Go sit down and read the book of Habakkuk. You really want to get excited about where you are? Read God's word and be energized. And the third chapter says that though the fig tree does not blossom. I said again, though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, Jesus Though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food. And though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls. That's kind of what I said, Lord. Let me go see how much herd is in the stalls in here, Lord. Will there be any noise today, Lord, in your name? But the prophet said that I have made, he didn't say it this way, but I am. I have made up my mind. I have made up my Alabama Jesus mind that I am going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice when it rains. I'm going to rejoice when it snows. I'm going to rejoice when the hurricane comes. I'm going to rejoice when the tornado comes. I'm going to rejoice when the floods come. I'm going to rejoice when the days are dark. I'm going to rejoice when it rains outside. I'm going to rejoice when it's 100 degrees. I'm going to rejoice if there's no rain at all. I'm going to rejoice if the people never say amen. I'm going to rejoice if the people never show up. I'm going to rejoice because what the prophet is saying is that I rejoice in the Lord. Not what I see. I rejoice in the Lord and what, what the Lord has done for me. And what the prophet also says is that if you serve the Lord and you are in relationship with the Lord, that the Lord will give you hinds feet like a deer. And what that really means is that you will be able to jump over your circumstances in the name of Jesus. And every now and then you will find yourself wanting to have a pity party, but you can't go there because the Lord won't let you go. So rejoice in your misery. Rejoice in your pain. Rejoice with your spouse. Rejoice over your children. Rejoice over your supervisor. Rejoice over your dead-end job. Rejoice if you don't get a pay raise. Rejoice if you don't go on vacation. Rejoice if your children won't listen. Rejoice if your mama don't love you. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice, not in what you see, but what you believe. Because the prophet said the righteous, the righteous.
thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.